Good morning, and welcome to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN, where our goal every week is to entertain, enlighten, and expose you to information that can lead to positive change in your life. I'm Larry Hardesty. Today, we're going to talk about summer hoops. We're going to give you a venue where you can take the family and have a great time. It's Hoops in the Sun. I'll be joined by Joe Cruz Jr. and Randy Cruz of Hoops in the Sun. So make sure you have a pen or paper, pencil handy, or maybe you've got the Note app on your smartphone. We've got some valuable information for you to take down this morning. So whether you're getting ready for a great afternoon or perhaps you're getting that early morning breakfast just about right, we thank you for allowing us to be a part of your Sunday. We'll start this edition of New York Sports and Beyond after this. Welcome back to New York Sports and Beyond on 9870 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. It was a dream that turned into reality 19 years ago, and it was started by the father of my guests. Join me in welcoming Joe Cruz Jr. and Randy Cruz of Hoops in the Sun. Let me say good morning to the Cruz brothers. Hey, guys. How are you? Good morning. Hi, my man. How you doing? Excellent. Thanks for coming in on a Sunday morning. Definitely appreciate that. Tell my audience, in case they're not familiar about it, what is Hoops in the Sun? Tell me about it. Hoops in the Sun is a summer basketball league that's held every summer for 19 years and running at Orchard Beach in the Bronx, uh, where we bring the top talent from middle school, high school, and also the pros to play in this venue to give the experience of like an NBA game and bring it for free for our fans at the beach. And we've been a staple in the Bronx for so long that uh, it's become, it has become our hub every summer. And it's a destination that everybody should kind of, you know, take a chance to come out to and enjoy good basketball at its finest. Mm-hmm. Tell me about Pops. Wow. Um, creative, innovator, a guy that uh, took one trip to Venice Beach back in 1999 and had a vision to bring what he saw at Venice Beach at that time to come home Um to Orchard Beach, which was like his second home and his favorite uh, summer hangout where he took uh, me, my brother Joe, and my mom back in the days and said, you know what, I feel like we can do a summer basketball tournament from what I've seen back at Venice Beach. And at the time, Orchard was going through renovations with new backboards and new rims and new courts at that time. So he had uh, a, a few meetings with the Parks Department and gave them this idea about how, you know, bring some of basketball, some fun, some entertainment. Um, and they, they, they loved the idea. Um, they loved the vision. They gave him the green light in 2000. And 19 years later, we're still here. It's unbelievable. Was there – did he give you guys – that love for basketball that you guys have to have to do something like this and continue his legacy? Um, that's a great question. I, uh, my dad always had these old school stories that he was a you know big time player back in the day, and <laughs> you know of course I didn't see no pictures and no video like and the, you see now. But um, and the you know, older he got, the better he was. Yeah, you right, know right, at the time right. he's an all star yeah, and he's a all American. But uh, he always had this this common story, which is always heartfelt, was when he had experience to go to high school with Earl Gold Manigault. Mm. And once, uh, well, the school at that time was Benjamin Franklin High School. Um, and he told me that he, you know, hung out with, you know, Earl and, you know, loved basketball. And he was a track star at the time. And he was getting into high jumping and doing gymnastics. And, you know, my dad fell in, ba- in love with basketball at the time. And then, uh, you know, he loved basketball. And, he, you know, at the time we were still young and learning the game and understanding it and, seeing it from an entrepreneur standpoint, and we became kind of invested. So my dad was, you know, went under Earl the Goat Manigault's wing. Then he met Ray Diaz, who now runs Nike Pro City. And then he got some ideas from those, you know, wonderful individuals. And he said, I could do the same thing at the place I love to be at every weekend. And, you know, from a Latino to a Latino community, you know, mm-hmm. it made sense. And uh, Orchard Beach was, you know, um, somewhat of a deserted area and mm-hmm. now became a hollow ground. Mm. What's been the relationship between the community, Orchard Beach, and the tournament as it's grown over the years? I mean, I think it's been great. You know, these people, the uh, these fans, these kids, parents, grandparents, whoever it is, they come out there every Saturday and Sunday, show their love and support. And, you know, it is the summertime, so they can go anywhere in the world, any, um, anywhere in the city, just go for for vacation. But they, they're very loyal and they're dedicated. Uh, Big time love and support from anywhere from 10 all the way to 35 years old. And um, just seeing them every 
every weekend being there and watching the games and then they're not always there just like for 10 minutes they're there from 10 o'clock in the morning to seven at night so just seeing that every single every single weekend and we and we give the love back with giveaways and just having them be a part of the tournament and, and providing that engagement where they feel like that any weekend they can see their favorite NBA player, they can see their favorite college uh, college basketball player, or a, a new uh, high school phenom for free. So just giving that back to to them and, and the whole Orchard Beach community in the Bronx is something that me and Joey look forward to every single summer. You guys talked about Orchard Beach and where it was when you when your dad first started it. Right. How how fun is it to see how it's grown over over this time period? Partially because of what you guys have done, but just the, right. the growth and people coming back to the area. Um, it's amazing. It uh, um, when I looked at it this weekend, you know, uh, it morphed into, you know, a, an establishment that people look forward to coming to. You know, back in nineteen ninety nine, two thousand. I mean, we talking steel backboards and <laughs> double rims, uh-huh. and you know, a shaded uh-huh. blacktop that had no lines. And now we've been able to kind of restructure that that landscape to make it you know uh a replicate uh just similar to venice beach but also providing high quality you know basketball and you know um just getting our community involved such as ruben diaz jr our bronx borough president and allowing us to you know rebuild the courts and refurbish the rims and the backboards to make it you know a summer destination is what i'm most proud of seeing because i've seen it back in the day like mm-hmm. I've seen you know eight foot rims and everybody's dunking to now it's like you can't make a shot in the wind and, and the court's 94 by 50 and the colors are spectacular and the landscape is just you know um, it's it's just a different environment you know what I'm saying so when you go to the Hoops in the Sun it's not only a basketball tournament but it, it, it's an escape it's a it's a different vibe and then um, something that is you know that I stayed back for 19 years said you know wow this is this wasn't here 19 years ago, and then for me to have our legacy and our kids to inherit that is like wow. Mm-hmm. You know, you can say I, I, I've left back a legacy, so mm-hmm. it's great. You feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, you know, seeing it how it looked <coughs> in 2000, we had, we had no bleachers, uh, we had the steel <laughs> backboards, we had double rims, and we, and we had one court at the time. So now expanding to the, to two courts where games can happen simultaneously, uh, refurbished courts brand new state state of the art bleachers provided by Ruben Diaz and and the parks department uh and just really taking the time out to really see where where it is now and where it can go going further that it has grown over the past 19 years and you know just preparing for our 20th anniversary next year which will be big but um I'm glad that we all as fans as people can see how Orchard Beach looked almost 20 years ago mm-hmm. I tell you as a person who played uh, a long time ago, and played <laughs> probably around when your dad played, mm. and played on concrete courts where you feel the knees. You yeah. used to feel it right now mm. yeah. to hear refurbished courts. It's nice. It's, it's nice, and that's the attraction for the NBA players. Because listen, they, if you want them to come, you got to give them the, the the atmosphere that they're accustomed to being around. Yeah, just make them feel at home, yeah. welcome, accustomed. Because they don't have to come there. No. But if they feel like there's a lot of love and support that when they go there, and sometimes players, they go there, they play the game, and they leave, but then you get a handful of players that go there, play the game, and then stay around and watch the kid games or walk the boardwalk, get something to eat, and just enjoy the atmosphere. And we've had players stay there the whole the whole time. Mm. And they're like, this is beautiful. I can't leave, or I got to come back. So long as you make them feel welcome and show – that we appreciate them coming there, whether they play or not, is that we, <clears throat> my brother and I and our whole entire staff just greatly appreciate them doing that. Mm-hmm. And who are some of the guys you've had come up there? Uh, over the the time span, we we you know we we started off with uh, Tracy McGrady um, in his prime. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, in his prime when he was when he was T-Mac, Vince's cousin when he was <laughs> T Mac, you yeah. know, and just coming T-Mac. off a yeah. NBA scoring Toronto. title. Yeah, uh, we've had uh, Jimmer Fredette stop by. We have Joe Kim Noah. We always had Kimba Walker come and show love. Mm-hmm. We had Lance Stevenson. Um, is he we, blowing anybody while he was up there on the court? Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. He's a he's nah. a bully, you know, and and, and the way he plays uh-huh. uh, in, in the NBA is the way he plays on the blacktop, and that's yeah. why you know 
seeing these players live and direct is like, you know, how do you adjust your game to mm. a 48-game NBA, but also in the streets where people are going to get their reputation or trying mm. to get a, get a name off you. Mm-hmm. And these guys, you know, that I mentioned, and there's a, there's a plethora of other players that played, but just like those those individuals that take pride in making sure that they, they keep their name as Easy Pass or Born <laughs> Ready, you know, like where they come from is, it, it's you know, they come back for free, like Randy said, you know, we had we had Ron Artest formerly, you know, mm. you know, Meta World Meta Peace, you know. Yeah. And those guys come in and you know, you know, I'm gonna maintain my rep and I'm gonna make sure you understand why I'm in the league. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, seeing that and seeing that for free and seeing that, you know, for these kids <coughs> that can get opportunity to be exposed by that is just something that we wanna provide every I, single summer. I think also uh, Ben Gordon, yep. um, Anthony Morrow, Isaiah Whitehead, and sometimes they put they put a team in. Mm. So if they're not playing, they they put a team in for the um, unlimited for the men's or to have a, a youth team. So somehow, somewhere, they're still a part of it. That's great. You're listening to the voices of Joe Cruz Jr. and Randy Cruz. They are, I'm going to say, the kings of summer hoops, Bronx style. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Let's continue my conversations with the Cruz brothers, Randy Cruz and Joe Cruz Jr. All right, guys. You mentioned earlier, it's from <clears throat> really sun up to sundown. Mm-hmm. Yep. Give give me a day up at, at Orchard Beach. What's the day like? Uh, well, the day starts mid Wednesday when you're looking at the weather ahead <laughs> to make sure that yep. there's there's good weather and making sure that we make accommodations to get the games in. So, uh, for us, me and Randy is just you know you know constant promotion during the week, recapping and photos and statistics to make sure that we get everybody. Uh, uh, implemented into our website and things that we do on social media. And then when, when it comes closer to the weekend, you know, we get the nets ready, the books, and we get mm. all the equipment ready for that weekend. And uh, we have a wonderful staff that takes care of us when we get there. Uh, like Randy said, it's two courts. We got games going on simultaneously. And just making sure that stuff goes on time. And then we're always in high demand and need and, you know, always complain about the refs or complain about this, complain yeah. about that. It's too hot, no water. Yeah. You know, we're the only person that walking that beach that can always be complained to. So that's the role of being a CEO and, and having a, a, a high-profile tournament uh, such as Hoops in the Sun is that, you know, you want to be, you know, have a relationship, but also you got to be a CEO. So that's yeah. the hardest part is, is, you know, some of these guys are friends and colleagues and peers. Uh, but that you know, once the games go, it's it's you know constant movement, it's constant you know transformation, making sure one team comes in, other teams come out, sign the book, get the games in, and then after that, around six o'clock, we're wiped out, we're cleaning up the court. <laughs> yep. We know we got uh you know garbage to clean up and put things away, and then we back at it Sunday morning again, and you know just making sure we get the best talent, the best players, and making sure that they're comfortable uh, for making that commitment to us because it is hot, it yeah. is a far distance. It is, you know, long games, and you know, we want to make sure the experience is worth worth their while. So that's that's my interpretation of what my weekend uh, is encompassed about. Yeah, it's 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 a daunting task, right? It's, it's <laughs> I mean, very daunting because <laughs> you, we have, I would say, fifty teams in the league. Wow, yeah. fifty teams. Fifty. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, and you do, and you just do Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, and Sundays. Wow, that's a lot of games. That's a lot of games. That's why having two courts helps us out. Yeah, a lot. And the teams come from, you know, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Westchester, Long Island, Staten Island. Um, Even Albany. Albany. It, it just, they're from all over the, you know, Mount Vernon, from um, all, um, all, all over the place. So just um, us catering to that fan base all over the, the Tri-State area is, is, is very cool, man. Yeah, it's got. It sounds like a lot of fun, man. It sounds like you know it's a lot of work, yeah. but you get a chance to on those moments when play is act, play is going on, mm-hmm. you get to take a moment and really enjoy it and see some great action, which Absolutely. is which is fabulous. Yeah, I mean, I think the hardest part for me and Randy is like actually watching a full game, yeah, you know, and really yeah. enjoying it because when you, you know, we spend six months before the year starts to get everything ready, and then when it comes, you like you just really want it to go fast because mm. it's like a daunting task and. But sometimes, you know, our, our biggest challenge is trying to appreciate the games that we have because we wanna we're, we're so anal on how things go and how things need to be done that we don't want to miss out on the beat. And sometimes, you know, when it when it comes down to time, it's like, oh wow, it's ready five thirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I probably watched four minutes of a game, you yeah. know. And it's just it's a high demand. You're making sure people are comfortable, making sure they're enjoying themselves, you know, giving them water, making sure that their that their stay is is pleasant, and um, continue to have them to come back. So you know. That's pretty much what I really care about, making sure our fans are, are, are happy and, and, and they leave with experience or memory that they can you know, spread out to somebody else. Yeah, because your reputation is all you got. 
That's when right. you're in a situation like that, the last thing you want is somebody having a negative situation, mm-hmm. spreading it around. Yeah, right. So you have to really be on your toes. And the CEOs, that's your job. Yeah, me and Joe, we don't, we, we don't sit down. It's, it's <laughs> no, just, I, I, I know that. I can see that. We don't sit down. <laughs> We're always making sure the, the the clock is working and people are on time. And, yep. Um, very rare that we just sit down and relax and just watch a full game. Maybe the championship, because that's when everything's winding down. But from June to, to even to the All-Star break, we're just up and running and just kind of making sure everything is running smoothly. All right, so how long is the season? How, how long are you guys there? Um, well, it's from uh, June 16th to August 19th, so about 11 weekends. Mm-hmm. Uh, games are always going to go on, so whether rain or shine, we make adjustments to go indoors and, and, and make those accommodations to, for the games to go on because we definitely want to go on vacation once the tournament's done. <laughs> on, it's, on schedule. I mean, yep. we, listen, man, I'm going to tell you, we, we, we need that. Like, we're we not going to wait mm-hmm. to extend this season any longer than it is, but um, it's been uh, – it's it's a pleasure to be part of what we do. Um, the, the fans and the players come to us and say thank you and mm. – you know, I had a I had somebody come to me this past weekend and just tell me like, "Hey, listen, man. You know, you're going to be 20 years. How you feel about that?" I said, "I don't want to reveal my age, but um, <laughs> I tell you, it's, it's a child prodigy. It's a commitment. <laughs> it's a commitment. You know, I, I don't have siblings and I don't have family like that. And hopefully, sooner or later. But this has been my life for, for mm. 19 years, and my summers I dedicate to this because it it means more to me than just basketball. It's my family. It's my it's my it's my dad's legacy and what he able mm. to give us, you know, to be young entrepreneurs in this game and change the game and be around NBA players and college studs for free that mm. you know they don't know of us and we know of them, you know that 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 speaks volume and you know my thing is just to get to twenty years and make sure that we you know highlight him, yeah, you know for his legacy and what he's seen, probably what he sees now yeah, twenty yeah. years ago, sure. You know, for us to be living it and and being an extension of him is is is, is the most pleasurable thing. So. Um, I love it. I enjoy it. it. It's who I am. It's my alter ego. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. For both of you, how has the uh, sponsorship changed from the beginning to now? And how do you make the adjustment with social media? You know, in the beginning, <clears throat> it's probably word of mouth. We got games. Mm-hmm. Now you got apps. You got, you know, social media. You got Twitter. You got yeah. Instagram. You got Facebook. You got everything. So how has that changed over the well, years? Um, I'll take on the social media part, and Joe would do the sponsors. I okay. think, you know, I think every tournament, you know, has to have that social media component, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, a, a website. Um, it could, everything is viral now. Yeah. And um, something can happen at our venue in, the, in like a half hour. People know about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 20 years ago, it, it's... <laughs> word it's, of mouth. It, word of mouth. <laughs> Cell phone. Video <laughs> camcorder. <laughs> and yep. it, it just... There was no YouTube at the time and yeah. uh, Facebook, you know, et cetera. So we, we use these uh, platforms <laughs> to our advantage so that people who are not from, from New York or people who are, who are in uh, Miami, L.A., wherever can, you know, see like, you know what? I heard about Hoops in the Sun, but I got to make my way out there. Mm-hmm. So I know it's in New York City. I know it's in the, you know, at Orchard Beach in the Bronx, um, but I got to make my way out there. there. There's plenty of times that me and Joey have, have talked to people and they say, yeah, I um uh, I saw it on YouTube. I saw this. I saw that, but I, I, I haven't been there. I don't know where it's at. Mm-hmm. So I think using those, using these platforms, uh, work for our, our advantage. Mm-hmm. And from a sponsorship standpoint, I how's think, that changed? I, well, I mean, that's changed a lot. You know, in twenty years, and you know, kind of the social media adds to our help with sure. sponsorships and uh, the opportunities to develop partnerships, relationships with these with these corporate America and and, and even local, you know, business companies. I think for me is, uh, you know. You, back in the day, you you know one or two sponsors, you're good, you mm-hmm. know, um, especially in the power sponsor or beverage sponsor, things that you know that are crucial or core to a basketball tournament. I think now, I mean, you know, you got tech companies, you got you know food markets, you got anything that really wants to be on that market of urban America, you mm-hmm. know, and it's trying to really expand their brand and kind of like be on that platform. So for me, you know, I, I take the business part of it because you know, I mean, I don't think he will tell you, but. He is the backbone. Randy Crew is the backbone of Hoops in the Sun. He makes it look to what it is. Mm-hmm. He brings it to life. He shares the story with you, you know. And my th- my my job is just to connect the dots and make sure that story is told to mm-hmm. corporate America so they can fund us to, to <laughs> allow us to do what we do, right? So, sure. you know, sponsors change. You know, stinker companies change. Beverage sponsors changes. But I think to answer your question, I think um, uh, as long as you're sustainable in what you do. Mm-hmm. And you believe in your brand, it'll sell itself. And 
back in the day, you didn't have to sell it as much. Now you do because back in the day, there was like one or two tournaments that were really, really good. Now mm-hmm. there's like six, seven, eight that are really yeah. competitive, right? So yeah. now you got to kind of sell why you're different from the others, mm-hmm. even though if you've been in the game 19 years, what yeah. makes me different from this one over here and this neighborhood over here? And then for us, it's just a common, common um, answer is like you cannot go to any tournament and have a B-side venue than what you see here, right? Mm-hmm. So my job is to sell that story through his, through his visuals and, you know, uh, target a market that can help our, 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 our urban kids, our, our low-income families, and, you know, even, even uh, you know, those adults that need help to, you know, whether it's health insurance, whether it's, you know, clothing companies, whether it's just, you know, telephone companies, mm-hmm. you need, you know, it's a, it's a science to target what you want to really kind of mm-hmm. expose. Not every sponsor gets on that platform with us. Right. It's, it's an opportunity for us to really strategically understand which sponsor we want to work with and how you help our, help our community and our fans as well. And for both of you, that's a huge responsibility because you don't want somebody in that's going to try to take advantage. You have a, you have a, that's that's not an easy thing to decide. You know what I'm saying? That yeah, right. somebody's going to come and say, "Okay, we'll give you this, but mm-hmm. in exchange for this, here's what we want." No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. We we want to stay true to what our dad set up here. Yeah, and and that's the tough part for me is like you know, how do you turn down? You know, back in the day, when I was little, you know, we're younger, and we had no guidance from my dad, of course, because he had passed on. Mm-hmm. When do you say no? Yeah. You know, and, and, and you're turning down dollars for for this when before I was like, yeah, come on, come on, come on. As I got older, I appreciated every sponsor because, mm. like you said, and it's a great word, they use you for what you can get out of it, right? And vice versa. Yeah. But for us, is a, is is a partnership. It's a marriage. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want you for one year. Right. I want you for two or three years because I don't even know what you look like next year or if people change in that position. I'm starting from scratch again. So mm-hmm. for us, it's finding the right partners, um, them telling us a story, telling the story that we have, not us telling the story about them, and make sure it's a mutual benefit. And I don't want no one-time sponsor where they come in and do their thing, they splash and do guerrilla marketing, and then I'm like, oh, okay, next year, oh, no, we're good. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to make sure that they understand the investment and what this program is about. And for me now, it's not about money. It's about relationships and partnerships. So that's the one thing I've learned through my process of maturing in this role as a, as a young CEO. Yeah, it's 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 a it's an interesting situation because you have an obligation to maintain the the purity mm-hmm. of you know uh, of the event, but also you're really trying to help the people in your <laughs> community, and you want to bring them closer into this because this ultimately, while it's great, this ultimately is, is for them. Right. Ultimately, you're reaching out to them for help. And you know what, Larry? Uh, Joe would laugh, but we started from scratch more than once. Mm-hmm. So it's like you get a good momentum, and it's like this sponsor can't come back, and n- no fault of our own. <clears throat> just they go through changes on their on on their side. So then it's like, oh, back back to back to to, to square one. Mm-hmm. And it's been even this past summer, um, just changing sponsors, and a couple of years ago changing sponsors, whether it's apparel, whether it's beverage. Uh, Ice cream, army, it don't matter. So just like one time we had three sponsors, now we have like six, seven. It's just like you get lucky one year and sometimes you don't. Yep. Yeah. It's about adjustments, right? Exactly. <laughs> and reading Absolutely. the market and making yep. sure everybody does what yep. they're supposed to do. Those are the voices of Randy Cruz and Joe Cruz Jr. It's New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Guys, how long does it take to plan this out? Do you are you starting? I know next year is the twentieth year, yeah. But in, in which means is extra planning. But in a regular season, when do you start planning for the the, the next year? Um, you know, well, we're going to do the twentieth year uh, preparations starting September. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, this summer is over for us. Like we yeah. we planned it; it's in progress. <laughs> we're Done. gonna we're, we're gonna <laughs> hit or miss on some things. We might get some you know late people coming on to support us, but. Mm-hmm. You know what we what Randy and I planned out is what it is, and and you know we'll make adjustments in the season. As but as far as your question, you know we start September and we we grind it out all the way to about April, the latest, mm-hmm. and then May is about scheduling, and then June we we in action. So uh, it's a you know it's it's funny, right? You know we 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 look for these sponsors to come <coughs> off for two months out out of, out of the twelve months we have, but those two months take up so much of our time that yeah. it become a full time job. So. So from September to April, we're looking, we're we're grinding out teams, sponsors, players, you know, innovative things to bring to you know to the table. So it's about a six month commitment that leads into the eight months that we do it in 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 its essence, 
and then we we hibernate for two or three months to just mm-hmm. kind of re, you know rejuvenate ourselves yeah. and Got you know and, and get ourselves back geared up to you know for the next season and kind of debrief from what we did right and what we did wrong and uh and we go from there and then um 20th season is is speaks volumes of doing this stuff man it's it's a lot of people in their small businesses don't last 20 years mm-hmm. you know and and you know, people tell me you got to appreciate that and I, and, I, and sometimes you know you take it for granted and then um this year I've uh, been we've been through a lot of changes with sponsors and it just it just makes you more humble and then now it's just our opportunity for understand that we could do it by ourselves if we had to and and uh anybody that wants to come on board to help us out you know for the right reasons you know we're open to listening and see how that goes all right that sounds good and we'll give an address and all the other information Absolutely. a little bit yeah, later for sure Randy nuts and bolts Take me through it. How do you get your referees? How do you how do you pick those guys? How does people get teams? How do you get a? How, I know it's too late now, mm-hmm. but for next year, how do you get one to sign your team up? Take me through the nuts and bolts of being a team involved in this part 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 one and part two. I'm curious about how you choose your refs and 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 do you have a reevaluation after? Um, <laughs> we we have we have two referee assigners, uh, one for our men's division, which is Earl Robinson, and we have uh, Bernard Bowen Senior uh, taking care of the youth side. So basically, they they have a whole rolodex of people on their staff, and mm-hmm. we just give them the schedule how many um, how, um, how many games on a particular day, and they say, all right, I'm going to have X, Y for game one, game two, I have this guy, and this guy, game three, game four, and that's really it. So uh, majority of the time, we don't know who's refereeing until they come on the court, mm-hmm. but uh, Earl and Bernard, they take care of the, the referee side. For the teams, we get inquiries maybe November, December of like, it could be a phone call, it could be a text, an email, uh, Instagram, DM, that's how they, they communicate nowadays. Say, hey, I have a 12U team. How can I play in next year? Here's my roster. Uh, let me know how much the fees are and everything. So um, we get a lot of inquiries from the youth side beginning, like in November, December. The mm-hmm. men, they come in like maybe March, April. So that's how we evaluate who's coming in next year, uh, who's coming back from the from, from the previous year, champions who are good teams, they'll stay and probably two or three new teams come in for every division. So, um, And as for my 10, we got 12 U-boys, 14, 16 U-boys, 19 U-boys. We have a, 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 an 18 an eighteen under girls team um, division. We have the men's, of course, so seven divisions. A lot of teams trying to get in, but uh, only, only a handful can get in at one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you noticing, um, Joe, an increase in numbers with the ladies' teams as you've gone over the years? Are you starting to get more and more ladies' teams involved? Because I just think with the WNBA and all the things that with college, as it's exploded a little bit, mm-hmm. I just see, just from my observation, you're starting to see, not that women weren't playing before. Don't mm-hmm. write me letters. No Gmail, <laughs> nothing like that. But I'm saying it just seems like there seems to be more opportunities now. And, and you know, ladies are responding. Um, you know what, Larry? I think um, women basketball orchard should be, you know, can be improved. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's the timing and just just that um, it's it's a location that is it's far. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. and um, you know we've we've adjusted right. So we started years ago with doing like a middle school girls, and we said that wasn't where we need to be at. Then we need to go a little higher and then we decided to do now 18U. So we're making adjustments and there was times that Randy and I had conversations I said, you know, no letters written but, you know, there was <laughs> there was times that girl basketball was like a question in our program. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Just because it just wasn't giving us what it was and I think that through our evaluation, the timing and just the way it was scheduled wasn't really conducive to what we needed to get done. So mm-hmm. we needed, you know, we did a better job highlighting those, those females as well as other divisions who mm-hmm. were kind of hidden in the shuffle, uh, so we made those, those adjustments this year. But um, I love women basketball. I just think it's it's a different flavor. Uh, you know, when, when you're doing these leagues, it's a different flavor. You know, you get tired of seeing the same thing, and you see mm-hmm. a, a, a girl, you know, a girl or woman, you know, unrespectfully uh, play, and sometimes player and play better than, than a you know than a guy. Mm-hmm. You're like, wow. I mean, she got some skills, and yeah. you know, you kind of you kind of respect that, and 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 it just becomes. You know, something that, you know, we got to appreciate as as CEOs and also as basketball fans that, you know, girls can really go. 
and just need, they need the right time, the right platform. So, you know, anybody looking to play basketball, any women out there, you know, you want to give it a shot, come by Hoops in the Sun, and, you know, we'll give you the opportunity. That's it. For that 20th anniversary, ladies, let's get ready. Let's get some teams together. <laughs> let's get this, this, let's do make it. the let's debut, do right? I'm ready. That's, that's what you want to do. So what's been the biggest difference from Hoops in the Sun 19 years ago to Hoops in the Sun now? We'll explore next. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7. ESPN. Welcome back to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Let's wrap up my conversation with Randy Cruz and Joe Cruz Jr. of Hoops in the Sun. Overall, this top style of play of basketball, just from you guys and watching it, mm-hmm. how's it changed from the beginning, the teams that you're starting to get? How have you noticed, Randy, that style of play? How is it adjusting? How is it growing? Is it is it becoming team-oriented, or do you see some guys where they just, you know, it's like, we're looking at LeBron pounding and trying to no, drag a team I, through. I think I think at, at at our venue you get a mix of the ISO basketball or mm-hmm. just let's go one on one and clear out and um, but you get a, a lot of our teams are team oriented like they're, mm-hmm. they they play all throughout the year yeah. for their school or for whatever so um, very rare you get the the, the ISO one on one maybe it's the venue it's the beach it's not. In a, uh, in a neighborhood or whatever, so um, it, it, it's just not that environment. But majority of our teams from every division, they're, they're, they're mainly team-oriented. Mm-hmm. I think for me, um, I'm a little bit different with that, right? I think teams have teams have gotten younger. Like, the mm. talent pool mm-hmm. is where the youth is at, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, no letters again, but men basketball, adult basketball has taken a little bit of a shift where the younger basketball has been more highlighted and those AAU programs and those those teams that are like have these young studs, you know, like like LeBron's son or whatever, mm-hmm. D Wade's son, you, you get in that earlier a target of right. highlighting uh basketball players, right? And then we gotta credit basketball right now, the culture and even I don't know about New York City, but for us it's like it's it's Steph Curry world. Like, you know, yeah. it's no more drop it to the post and let him work the block and it's a it's a three. It's a transition three, and we're going to get back on defense, and we're going to shoot another three. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, um, the Golden State Warriors and, and have changed basketball landscape, and uh, our children have adapted. And you know, um, some can do it well, and some can't do it like Curry. And <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know, it's 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 phenomenal to see. You know, where twenty years ago we spoke about earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, traditional basketball was like drop it down, like Ewing does, and you know, mm-hmm. make two or three moves and make a move, and that's it. Yeah. Now it's more guard oriented and it's more, you know, uh, let's shoot as many shots as we can and, uh, you know, see where it goes from there. So the game has changed and uh, I think NBA has has an effect on that, even college basketball. But uh, I definitely feel the youth is the movement. You know, it's got to be great for you guys to have this uh, Hoops in the Sun tournament that you do and just to be able to have young people. doing something positive, mm-hmm. giving them the option where there's so many opportunities to have something negative happen. And unfortunately, in this media society, social mm-hmm. media, we hear everything that's negative. We hear a lot about that. But the positivity of you doing something like this right. and giving pe- these young kids options, it's got to be great for you guys to sit and watch that. Man. Yeah, and I think our venue provides it. It's a very safe, um, family-oriented environment. They can bring their friends and family Um they go out there to play the game, and they 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 post on us, uh, post on social media, having a good time, and because they know it's a venue that you can play ball. After that, you go on a ball ball, you you, you go mm-hmm. tan on the sand, and go get some you know some food or whatever. So, um, I think large part our venue provides that 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 safe family um, environment that um, that anybody can go to. Yeah, it's great, and and, and once again, the option, man, of, of just. Having young people doing something positive, yeah, yeah that, that's the that's the best part about it for me. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, social media helps out with that, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and you know they can tell their own story now, you know, yeah. and whether doing bad in school or the, you know they're not whatever the case may be outside that you know they come back here to show that they are making a, making an attempt to get better. Uh, it's a story that we want to be part of, and and given the opportunities that they have in the summertime, where you know, recruitment or coaches or whatever opportunities you get, you know, can come from these platforms. I mean, this is what we're here for. Mm-hmm. Set the scene for me. And for I haven't had the opportunity to get up there. So set the scene for me for my audience who's never been there. It's <clears throat> Orchard Beach. It's by the Hutch. What was it? Beautiful boardwalk. We got <laughs> sand. We got hoops. 
Mm-hmm. It's a great sunny day, beautiful day on the weekend like today. What do we do? Give, give, give me a paint a paint a verbal picture for my audience. Um, you know when you say OJ Beach, it's you got to get up early to get to the beach because it takes like an hour to get there <laughs> to avoid traffic and mm-hmm. the parking lot and no. Nah, but when you get there, Larry, man, it's it's uh it's paradise. Mm-hmm. It's paradise, and I, I think people need to appreciate that there is a there is a beach in the Bronx. It gets negative publicity at times, and I don't think it's fair. But you know, to to you know, that's that's our job is to kind of create that culture differently. And when they come there, you know, they're coming for a basketball game, but they're coming for an environment that's safe and you know, and and uh, there's no BS and there's nothing going on that that can, and it's a family environment, right? So they're coming with their family, their sisters, their brothers, girlfriends, boyfriends. It's a different it's a different expectation going out there. But you know, the landscape, the water, the sand, the horizon. The amount of different people that come out there from different cultures. Doing a good job. Yeah, I know, real good job. <laughs> Am I selling it? Am I selling it right? He's doing okay. a real good job. I'm selling it right. So I mean, the different amount of people come there. You know, from yeah. different old backgrounds and cultures. I mean, they're all there, and a lot of kids need to be around, that, especially in this political environment that we're in. Do we, yeah. we need to? Mm-hmm. We need to kind of expose our children and, and our our fans to that because we get warped into that that media. And our kids can be the change of that, and I think that them coming to an environment like us is mm-hmm. where where it should start at. So you know, basketball is an extension of life, and I played it when I was younger. So did he. It changed my life. It saved my life, and I'm not as good as these kids now, but it allowed me to be in the position I am now to run a you know a high profile tournament every summer. But there's basketball, there's there's handball, there's volleyball. Uh, um, there's so many things you can do over there. There's swimming, of course, and just the fact that they can go out there every every weekend and just and just enjoy that. It's what has been missing because of what we used to get when we were younger in after school programs that they don't have anymore. Yeah, it's the option of learning about other people. It's the option of learning what a team is. It's about learning through experience, <clears throat> and it's about some of the most interesting things that you learn that you experience going to be an adult, Mm -hmm. you learn from the failures of what you went through when you were a kid. And you found out, you know what? Man, I missed that shot, but now I got to go back and I got to work harder. Mm -hmm. Because next year when we go back and everybody was dogging me about the fact that I missed (laughs) that free throw, I'm not going to miss the free throw. I'm not going to miss the free throw next year. And Mm so that's what you learn, man. You learn through that. You learn through those failures. And Mm -hmm. sometimes when you don't have the opportunity to learn about somebody else that's on your team. Right. Mm -hmm. Guys, that... That, that's why we have these problems where we don't talk to people now. Right. Absolutely. As simple as that sometimes. It's just yeah. learning through sports. It happens. And, and we've seen plenty of times where a team could be in the playoffs or championship and they lose a very close game and whether a layup, a shot goes in, buzzer beater, miss free throw, and we see their emotion after the game and kids are crying and they're shaking hands and they, they feel bad that they lost and they they come back the following year or grown up now, better prepared and those teams are the ones that win the following year. Yeah. Because they, they, they were there the following year, uh, previous year in the playoff championship. They know how it felt so they knew coming in that we know what we got to win this. And there's been teams that, that go to the championship every year and sometimes lose. Mm-hmm. But the following year they're back at it and then ultimately they're on top. Yeah. Who was your champion last year? Who do, and I know you guys, you know, you're not going to tell me, but, you know, you guys know basketball. You guys you guys have probably seen who the champion is going to be already this year. You have a good feeling, but I'm not going to ask you that. Who was your champion last year and, and uh, you know, who? what what do you think of the possibilities of them, of them re, uh, returning as champs this year? Well, I'm going to stick to saying this because I always say this every year. Um, well, to answer your question, the, the championship from the men's is uh, uh, the family and then uh, this other – championship teams in the youth league that I, I don't want to misquote and say that but I know for the men's side of it it was the family mm-hmm. I think for me and Randy this, um, we don't and I mean this with all due respect I don't care who wins mm-hmm. I don't have any favorites I don't care I mean do I like players I like teams yeah I mean I'm a basketball junkie at, at, at its finest but I don't have any I don't have any um, favorites I just want the games to be competitive and I want those games to be memorable where you know, you could talk about it twenty years from now. I said, you know, don't you remember that game when we mm. did this and that? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I like underdogs. So even mm. NBA or college or you know whatever, I like underdogs. Mm-hmm. Like so, like the Cavs were like my my, my team because they had no shot in the world, <laughs> <laughs> but they got the best player in the world in my opinion. You know, but Kevin Durant had a son to, son to say about that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, hoops in the sun is just you know for me. Um, 
and you know if you if you get through the gauntlet of playing in that 90 degree weather every weekend and you come on time and you do every everything possible to win the game you deserve to win the championship and that's a, that's that's the key to win hoops and sun it is a grind it is 48 minutes of grueling yeah. mm-hmm. extreme situations outdoor heat. wind heat blacktop uh again heat <laughs> it's just what it is and if you're not mentally prepared for that gauntlet and for that grind you're uh-huh. not going to make it i'm telling you i've seen nba players you know grab their legs and their knees like it is hot you know yeah. and 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 that 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 heat prepares you for the next level and that heat prepares you for those situations where you can grind and learn and experience how to become a better player or a better person or go through those tough time failure you said earlier to persevere and i mm-hmm. think that's that's what i that's what i like about the tournament it it, it, it builds warriors it builds it builds people who are tough-minded and and, and then you play anywhere else in, in the in the summer it's easier because you just played 48 minutes in the sun and yeah. you've been you've been hit you've been pushed you've been bumped you've been mm-hmm. you fell on the floor you know and uh there's, there's there's no excuses so for them to get through that you know that's and you win the championship you deserve it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I what mean, think, some, some some love it though. I remember one time, yeah. K- uh, Candy Satterfield told me, "Hey, you know, uh, I know it's hot, but I'll play the whole game. I really don't care because mm-hmm. they look at it as a workout. So when they go try out for the the D League or um, summer leagues and whatever, so they they're mentally and physically prepared for that. If they can play forty eight minutes in the hot sun, they can play forty eight minutes in in a, in a cooling gym. So." Um, some love it, but a lot of people, like, oh man, it's too hot. You can't, you know. And it's like, you know, I've heard it. Like you told me, you wanted later games, and the, late, the later it is, the more hotter it is. But um, for the most part, they 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 love it out there. Mm-hmm. You can't please everybody. No, you can't. You can't. No, you can't. You can't. Absolutely not. Somebody's always got to have something to say. Yeah. Right. Always are. Right. Always are. Those are the voices of Joe Cruz Jr. and Randy Cruz. They are. In my in my opinion, the kings, <laughs> they are the kings of uh, what's going on up in uh, up up in Orchard Beach and and their fabulous uh, tournament that's going on. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond here on 9870 ESPN. I got a couple more questions for you guys. Sure. What are the Knicks going to do, man? Can, am I going to see a Knicks championship? You guys know sport. You, can you talk to like Kemba Walker and see if we can make some moves and come to the Knicks? Man, I need to see some. I need to see some local. I'm tired of watching LeBron. <laughs> I want to see some. I want to go back, man. We, we on on the shows I do. We talk about the Knicks in the '90s, man. Like they won championships because they were, they were, uh, they were New York. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, Randy? Joe mm-hmm. Jr. Mm-hmm. They were New yeah, York. Yeah. They were blue collar guys. They were hard, tough defense. They were the guys that were you talking about on your courts. Yeah. Okay, at Hoops in the Sun. They were the guys with their hands on their knees. They were the guys that was tough-minded and battling and physical. Mm-hmm. They were in New York, and I haven't seen that. Me, I mean, I'm the Knicks fan, and he's not, so Damn. I, I'll speak. Damn, just uh, put me on blast. <laughs> he's an he's a, he's a NBA fan. Okay. Yes. He's not tied yeah. to one team. So I, for me, I, I, I feel bad that, you know, recently not a lot of people want to come to New York. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Aside from... Amari and Carmelo and um, right now you have people talking about LeBron, Kawhi, and Paul George moving to somewhere else but not one time do you hear the Knicks are an option mm-hmm. uh, whether it's because of cap space or just don't have the talent to trade for them uh, but it's very rare that people want to come here and uh, I mean I would love LeBron to be a New York Knick do I think it'll happen? I doubt it um, he should have been a Nick in 2010. Mm-hmm. He could have been a Nick four years ago. <laughs> but um, right now, they're just trying to build up on young talent. We had the ninth pick um, for the draft tomorrow. And um, Porzingis. They it, can't it, mess that up, man. Porzingis, they can't mess that up. KP's our guy now, but he's hurt. So he he don't come back till maybe March, April of, the, of, of next season. So uh, new coach, new GM, new regime. But... Um, Hopefully one day we get a a, a superstar in their prime to, to to come here and want to come here mm-hmm. and kind of build that rapport that that that, that the Knicks had in the '90s. So um, a championship, I, I I would love that. I think the, the the city needs that definitely. But um, I, for me, I just don't think it'll happen anytime soon. You're right; it's not gonna happen anytime soon. Hopefully, but we'll see. 
You hear him over here snickering over his struggling <laughs> Knicks fans. You hear him over here laughing. <laughs> of course, he. But let let me let me protect Joe Junior here because okay. I want people waiting for him when he leaves. Mm-hmm. He's an NBA fan, so obviously, mm-hmm. as an NBA fan, you want to see great talent in New York because you want because guys elevate their game when they play in the Garden anyway. So you just want to have that you know competitive games when they play here. That's Absolutely. What you want. I mean, I mean, listen. I, I, as an organization, they they've helped our program out many times. Yeah. So I'm not gonna sit here and and and, and speak bad about. It. I just think they just make. You know their scouts, their scouting uh, opportunities have been missed, and I think yeah. that they take chances on people who don't, who are not really committed to their New York life. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, that's what that's what I say. I mean, do I want the talent in New York? Absolutely. I mean, it'll help our program out, sure. help every other program out. And I think mm-hmm. New York City needs a a shot in the arm. I mean, are they going to be great fast? I'm I don't I don't foresee that. No. But this draft pick is 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 crucial. They make some off-season moves that make sense for sure. I mean, Porzingis being hurt is is is, is big time it because is. Uh, him being a young talent, you can attract some, some at least you know some 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 players that can want to play around him because he's so talented. Uh, I I just hope that he recovers fast and this injury doesn't really you know hinder his life or his playing career. Uh, Sometimes I feel the Knicks are cursed, yeah. and I think that unfortunate situations happen to them at the wrong time and. You know, once they get through that and hopefully get through it fast, I think, you know, this 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 city and, and this organization knows how to make it, make adjustments, and I hope that it's done fast because we definitely need that. Yeah, we need it. And we're, they're, we're not, they're not lucky. No. You know, we they were one <laughs> pick away from Steph Curry. Yeah. And it's like, you know. Yeah, uh, man. They'd have traded him anyway. Do you, got, do you think, <laughs> so, so speak about Probably. the Knicks. What do you what do you foresee them picking in the ninth pick? And do you think Trey Young is pick. who they should pick? And do you think Trey Young is that next Steph Curry for them if they had the opportunity? Um, I'm I'm from old school. Okay, I want a athletic wing defender. Okay, mm-hmm. who can shoot the three, finish on the break, and defend. Two or more positions. Okay. So I'm looking for Mikel Bridges, somebody mm-hmm. along that line. That's who I would like to see them. And then right. you pair him alongside with Porzingis. And then, you know, let me see what Nilakina can do. Maybe maybe Fisdale can do something different with him. Okay. You know, I mean, he was brought here to play that unforsaken geometrical, geometry type right. thing. I don't want to mention it anymore because oh, it makes yeah. me angry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Isosceles, whatever you want to talk about. So I don't want to talk about that. But he was brought here for that. Maybe he can make the adjustment under this regime. Maybe this coach can find something different for him right. and take him to the next level. So let me see what I got with him because then – that gets me to 2019. <laughs> if he don't work out, listen, Kyrie, can you come back home? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Now I got some money. Yeah. Now yeah. I, can, I can do something. So right. that, that that's where I'm looking at. That's where I'm along those lines. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I like what they have now with with, with Moutier, mm-hmm. Tim Hardaway, uh, Junior, poisoning his cancer. I think he he was the big surprise mm-hmm. last year. Um, but I, I think for me, getting a guard would be cool because I mean they do have. Trey Burke still in the roster, uh-huh. if I'm not mistaken. But getting that athletic wing that can shoot the three, defend, I think that's the one position that they need right now and they don't have. I think they need a two-guard, too. And yeah. uh, I think They got Corn- a lot of needs, man. Corner League is good, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and he's solid. I just, but they got Hardaway. Yeah, I mean, well, he, he could play the three at, at okay. times, too. But you need, you need a dynamic scorer. You need, yeah. you need a scorer. And, and, Listen, you got to have guys that shoot threes at a high percentage yeah. if you want to yeah. win in the NBA yeah. now. You said it earlier. That's what that's what you got to have. That's exactly. the only way you get it done. Guys, it's been fun. Give me your information, website, address, everything we need to know. If we want to go see Hoops in the Sun, if we want to sponsor, whatever we need, where can we go? Well, you know, again, uh, if they want to come to the venue, it's at Orchard Beach in the Bronx. I think it's uh, 1 Orchard Beach Road, Pelham Bay Park, uh, every Saturday and Sunday from 10 o'clock in the morning till 7 at night. They can log on to hoopsinthesun.net for our website for uh, uh, scores and standings and schedules, and they can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, at Hoops in the Sun, and go to facebook.com slash hoops in the sun. Last question, guys. Mm -hmm. If Pops was here right now, what would he say about Hoops in the Sun (laughs) from where it's gone to where it is right now? That's a big question. Mm -hmm. Well, with Father's Day this passing, uh, I would say that he is extremely proud and didn't think it would be where the level is at now. I think he foreseen this to be a place where basketball could be played, but to have the amount of talent and the amount of sponsors, the amount of support we've had, I think he'll be like, son, I told you you got this. You know what I'm saying? And and not to be sad or not to be, you know, bring back old memories, but I remember at the hospital when he was, 
you know, near his death, he he uh, brought me to his uh, to you know his you know he 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 told me to come here and he told me in my ear. He said, "Listen, I'm gonna be okay because I left you in good hands. And you're gonna be all right." Took me a long time, Larry, to get understand that, and I realized that you know through the perseverance that he's allowed us to get through this tournament. I mean, he'll be very happy the fact that we've been counted out so many times, and we always come back. And I think that's the true testament of him as a person. What he was, what he was able to show us, and just the amount of respect that we have for him in the tournament, I think he'll be very happy. I think actually, he has a front row seat every weekend to see mm-hmm. what we do. So I know he'll let us know when it's not good, and he'll let us know when it's good. So just having that, uh, that the opportunity to be with him all the time is, is, has definitely got us through some tough times. But I, I know he's proud, and, I, and I'm glad that he's able to see his uh, fruits of labor, uh, you know, kind of manifest every weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know how to follow that, but um, I, I guess just being proud of uh, what we've done for the tournament, um, proud of how we become as as men and taking care of ourselves and my, and my mom and our yep. family. So, um, just just being grown ups and just trying to do what's best for ourselves, our family, <clears throat> and the best of um, the Orchard Beach community, and, and providing them with great talent every single weekend, every single summer. And um, just making him come back every year, and just trying, just continuing to build, continue his legacy, but also building ours at the same time. And this always um, harps on going to twenty years, and maybe, you know, right now my my dad will probably, be, you know, me and Joe could be walking around the court, and my dad would be on the bench somewhere, just chilling, relaxing, <laughs> having a couple of drinks, and just say, you know what, you got it, you got it, and I'm just gonna chill out. And um, if that was the case, I know he'll be here just doing that, but. Um, Deep down, I, I know he's very proud of us. As a dad, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, Good. your dad is extremely proud of you guys. Appreciate that. Because you. you have carried forth his name with respect. Thank you. And that's Thank what you. any dad wants. And you guys, when you have kids, you'll find out. That's what any <laughs> dad wants. Appreciate don't mess that. up my name. Right. Don't mess up my dream. Mm-hmm. Don't ruin what I left you. And you guys haven't done Thank it. Thank you. So you've done a phenomenal job. I appreciate it's a pleasure that. meeting you appreciate this morning. It. Oh, likewise, nice man. This had a, had a great time, man. I appreciate this platform and give us the opportunity to talk about what we do every day, man. And um, um, I'm glad to be with you. All right. Thank you, guys. All, All right. right. Thanks. That wraps up this edition of New York Sports and Beyond. As always, we thank you for listening. We'll see you next week on the ESPN New York Tonight and right back here next Sunday on New York Sports and Beyond. For my producer extraordinaire, Ray Santiago, I'm Larry Hardesty. The conversation continues right now on 98.7 ESPN.